This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. So the New York Mets have a manager. It maybe wasn't our first choice. In fact, I don't think it was anybody's first choice. But the New York Mets have hired Carlos Mendoza. I'm in my car right now. That's why it sounds a little bit different. It's a sort of instant reaction to the hire. This news all came down right around 1 o'clock, 1.15, as I was getting ready to do the afternoon show with Tiki. And so we went on the air, talked a little bit about it. So I've had about four and a half hours, five hours to let it marinate in my head. So it'll give you a sort of instant reaction to Craig Council spurning the New York Mets, shocking the baseball world by signing on with the Chicago Cubs and obviously Mendoza being the choice. We'll do a few more pods as the week goes on. We'll even read some of your reactions because there's been a furious reaction in the email at the RicoB at gmail.com. But I will give you my reaction and certainly the way it played out on Monday afternoon. So if you weren't following this on social media right around, let's say, 11 a.m., 12 o'clock, you kind of miss how this all developed. And it really developed with, okay, Craig Council's going to make a decision today, and it's likely going to be between the New York Mets and the Milwaukee Brewers. So I don't know why anybody's view of this would have changed because that's kind of what we thought for the last few weeks and months that this will come down to will Craig take the money, come manage the Mets, the challenge in New York, the high payroll, or does he go back to Milwaukee maybe for a little bit less money, but a chance to not move, stay with the organization he's comfortable with. I don't think any of us thought there was going to be a third or fourth option that he was seriously considering. We heard about Cleveland. We heard about the Astros. I never took it serious. Like I had thought from day one, A, that the Mets were going to eventually get him, but that B, if he didn't choose the Mets, he'd go back to Milwaukee, and I think we'd all understand that. You know, he obviously is from there. He lives there. He's got kids there. If we're being reasonable, we would understand him staying in Milwaukee. All of a sudden, as we're waiting bated breath, where's Craig going to go? It comes out, and I think John Heyman was the first one to report it, that the Mets are hiring Carlos Mendoza, which means... The Mets were not getting Craig Council. And maybe he let them know, or maybe they just kind of realized, all right, we're being used here. Let's get the hell out. That's not a shock. For the last few days, clearly Mendoza had become the hot name for them. He was a hot name for the Padres, one of their four finalists, as they look to replace Bob Melvin. And so upon seeing it was Mendoza, my reaction is, you know, what you'd expect, which is disappointment. 
I don't want to make Craig Council seem like he's John McGraw or he's Connie Mack, but he was the safe choice. He was the guy who's done it before. He is the guy that's managed at the major league level and has had a level of success. He hasn't won a championship, neither had Buck Showalter. But my thought was, you bring in a guy who's done it before, you bring him into this room with the assets that David Stern and Steve Cohen have to add better players, I have the utmost confidence that Craig Council could at least be the manager that wins them a world championship. And much like many of my fellow Met fans, as I made clear, I don't love the idea of on-the-job training. We've had bad, bad, bad past experiences with on-the-job training, whether it's Luis Rojas or it's Mickey Calloway, or if you want to go back further, it's, um, I guess, who else was on-the-job training before that? Let's see. Terry Collins had a job. Jerry had a job. Willie Randolph, though that did lead to some success. Art Howe had experience. Failure. Bobby Valentine had experience. Great. Dallas Green had experience. Failure. Jeff Torberg had experience. Failure. Buddy Harrelson was learning on the job. Failure. So we all go back to our experience of it, but really the more recent experience of Luis Rojas and say, I don't want to do that again. And I understand that fear. Ideally, I did not want to hire a manager that had never done it before. But once Craig Council is not an option, you know, what are we looking at? We're looking at Mark Kotze. We're looking at Indy. It ain't easy being green, green. And so at least Mendoza comes with this pedigree of managing in the minor leagues before, doing every job you could imagine in the Yankee organization, learning at the, I guess, the feet of Aaron Boone, which I know to some may be a bad thing, but he at least understands from being here that New York is a different animal. Now, that's not the end-all, be-all, because Luis Rojas was in the Met organization. That didn't help him. So nothing is going to be the end-all, be-all and thinking that Carlos Mendoza is the answer. And I can't tell you on this podcast he is the answer. But what I, I also can't tell you is that he sucks and he's not going to be the answer. The truth is when it comes to managers, and it's so different than talking about players that the Mets acquire or don't acquire, where we know what a baseball player is. We've watched them play. We know their stats. We know the back of the baseball card. When it comes to a manager... Even the good ones like Art Howe, we have no effing idea. So don't take that as I am fine and I'm not nervous and I'm happy about the hire. I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I'm disappointed they didn't get the number one target. I'm disappointed Craig Council isn't the guy. But I can't turn that disappointment into this irrational fear that Carlos Mendoza is preordained to be a failure. Because it would be based on nothing. It would literally be based on our own fear of past first-time managers that have failed. So this podcast today, and if you were looking for this, I apologize, is not going to be the organization is burning. I can't believe Mendoza's the guy. We're going to run him out of town in six months. I don't know if that's the case. We all have to hope that Carlos Mendoza is exactly what David Stearns thinks he is, which is the next really good to great manager in this town and the next great manager in baseball. You look around this sport, and I know it's easy to say, well, Bruce Bochy just won the World Series and Dusty Baker won the World Series before that. And all that's true, but the Arizona Diamondbacks got to the World Series and none of us had any idea what Tori Lavello was going to be when the Diamondbacks hired him. 
Rob Thompson was an interim manager who has gone on and had very good success over the last two years with the Philadelphia Phillies. So the, the truth is, and this is not a spin job of telling you he's going to be great. It's the reality that we don't know. So I'm not going to listen to the fear mongers tell us this is a disaster, nor am I going to tell you, I know this guy's going to be the next great manager. None of us know. Why? Because he interviewed well? Because the Padres liked him too? Like, none of us know. So the only thing I could tell you as we prepare for this offseason is, yes, I'm disappointed this didn't work out with Craig Council. I thought Craig Council was going to be the guy. I thought he was going to accept this job, and it didn't work out. Now, as we piece this all together, it makes a lot of sense that they didn't get Craig Council. And you may say, well, why do you say that? The Chicago Cubs, who none of us saw coming, was the perfect place for Craig Council to get everything he wanted. He got the money from the Chicago Cubs, a five-year, $40 million contract. So he got the contract that maybe we envisioned the Mets were going to offer him. Five years, $40 million, $8 million a year. He got the money from the Cubs. Number two, he got the ownership commitment from the Chicago Cubs. This is an organization, and we'll see what they do this offseason with guys like Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman, but they're not afraid to spend. They went out last offseason and added Dansby Swanson. Like, they are a big market team. Tom Ricketts may not be Steve Cohen. I understand that. But the Chicago Cubs have shown us they're not afraid to spend. So he got the upgrade in terms of payroll. And then here's the thing we can't compete with. Because those two things were what the Mets offered Craig Council that the Brewers couldn't. In theory, the contract. In theory, the contract. In theory, the money. And number two, the payroll. And even the heightened expectations of... If you can win in Chicago, this means this for your legacy. If you can win in New York, it means this for your legacy. He got that from the Cubs. He could have gotten that from the Mets. He got the same thing the Mets could have offered, we could have offered from the Chicago Cubs. The pressure of the media, the Chicago Cubs. The tradition, the Chicago Cubs. The payroll, the Chicago Cubs. But the one thing the Cubs also gave him that we could not compete with was the geography. Like Craig Council was able to turn in his brewer job, get the big payroll, get the heightened expectations, and oh, by the way, he doesn't have to leave his house because Chicago is 90 miles away from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You literally don't have to leave. Now, maybe during the regular season, he'll get an apartment in Chicago, but in terms of his kids, in terms of his family, once another team was involved, And that's the way it came out if you were following this on social media. Me, Tiki, Sean Morash, Lugie, we're all sitting in my office, and we hear Craig Council is not the Met manager. He is not the Brewer manager. He's going somewhere else. And so we all played the guessing game of where. Tiki had a good guess. He said maybe the Dodgers. You know, maybe the Dodgers trade in Dave Roberts. They've underachieved the last couple of years. They're going to have a big offseason. They're going to go after Shohei Otani. Maybe it's the Dodgers. Good guess, by the way. Very fair guess. Sean went with the Yankees. Wishful thinking. We finally got rid of Boone. We're going to hire Council. We're going to outmet the Mets. And we're going to hire the guy they wanted. 
And so what I did is I went through every team in Major League Baseball very quickly. I said, okay, Orioles, they're not doing it. Red Sox, they're not doing it. Tampa Bay, no. Cleveland, no. They just hired uh, Stephen Vogt. White Sox, nah, I don't see it. Tigers, no. Went through every team in baseball. And when I got to the Cubs, I stopped and said, oh, this is interesting. The Chicago Cubs, as a rival of the Brewers, with a bigger payroll in the same geography, they could give Craig Council what he wants. And we no longer can compete. And so the Cubs, when they emerged as the team, it makes sense. So Met fans, I'm not bitter at Craig Council. I know sometimes we do that when we get shunned. We we become very bitter at Trevor Bauer. We're bitter at, in this case, Craig Council. We're bitter at whomever. Jacob DeGrom, son of a bitch. Can you believe he went to Texas? I'm not bitter. I get it. Like, I understand why Craig Council spurned the Mets. Now, reports are going to come out, and we're going to find out more details, like how much did the Mets offer? Did Craig Council give them a final chance to match? Mike Puma was reporting they didn't. That Council never came back to the Mets. So, yeah, it's going to come out that Craig Council preferred not to manage here. And by the way, I get it. He got the Mets without leaving the area. So as emotional of a, as a fan as I am, I do take a step back and understand sometimes the human element of it. I get why he picked the Cubs. So I'm disappointed it didn't work out. I'm disappointed that David Stearns seemed to not have an interest in looking at veteran managers and talking to guys that have had winning experience. I mentioned on the air recently, Joe Girardi would have been an interesting guy to talk to. I mentioned on the podcast, Gabe Kapler would be an interesting guy to talk to. We had mentioned Bob Melvin before he got the Giants job. Clearly, David Stearns, when you look at the guys they interviewed, they were not looking at those kinds of guys. And the reality is this. Carlos Mendoza could turn out to be better than Joe Girardi. This could turn out to be a blessing in disguise. But none of us have any bleeping idea. So unlike free agents that we lose and I get mad and I scream and yell on the Rico, I'm certainly not going to scream and yell about a manager that none of us have any idea what they're going to be. Now, would I scream and yell over a failed manager that I know is bad? Absolutely. So this is not a blind, I wouldn't scream or be mad about any hire. Look, if they hired Don Mattingly, who I find to be a terrible manager, I'd been upset. And I would have told you why. But right now, Met fans, we're dealing with the unknown. And I know that's scary. And I know that's nerve-wracking. But we're dealing with the unknown. Now, a couple of things I want to get off my chest that I also think is lunacy from some of my fellow Met fans. And I've seen it in the emails. And we'll address the emails. We'll do a full pod in a couple of days. The Adam Adovino decision, too, which was big. Him turning down the player option. Free agency beginning uh, on Monday. It began on Monday at 5 o'clock. And obviously more on the Mendoza hire. Learning more about Mendoza. Hearing his press conference. We got a lot to get to. But the idea that hiring a Yankee bench coach is something bad, it's not something bad. Like, it really doesn't mean anything. You know, hiring someone who worked for the Yankees for 15 years is not necessarily a bad thing. Now, does it make it an extra good thing? No, not really. The only good you could take out of it is the experience of New York City. That Mendoza, as a guy who's been on Boone's staff for the last three years, He gets it. He knows what Aaron Boone is going to go through after every single game. So if you want to draw a positive out of that, God bless you. And maybe there is sort of a positive out of it. 
Though, as I mentioned earlier, Luis Rojas, you would have thought would have known New York upon being elevated to the manager job after Beltran got fired. And I thought he really struggled with that. But Mendoza having a connection to the Yankees is not bad, nor is it good. It's nothing. We have to stop getting crazy about the Yankee shadow that we live in. Because it doesn't mean anything. Who cares that Carlos Mendoza worked for the New York Yankees for the last 15 years? Maybe we'll thank them. Maybe if the Mets are 30 and 15, 45 games into the year, and the Yankees are yanking again, and every Yankee fan wants to fire Aaron Boone, Pete Hoffman will just politely remind them, oh, you want to fire Boone? We hired his bench coach, and he's better than Boone. So we got to stop thinking that because he's got a Yankee connection, it's bad. So disappointed it's not counsel, nervous about what Mendoza is, but obviously open-minded enough to know that maybe Carlos Mendoza is the next great manager. Pete Hoffman, your thoughts on the events of Monday that went from counsel to Chicago and Mendoza to the Mets. All right, so here's the first thing is, you're, I'm going to shock you here. I actually don't care that Council went somewhere else. That's not what bothers me. I don't care that Craig Council chose someone else because in the end, I don't really know if he was going to be a perfect fit here anyway. Obviously, the connection with Stearns, you think it's going to be great. I'm more upset, not that Mendoza or Carlos Mendoza is a former Yankee, not that he's a first-time manager. I, I think it's just the unknown. I really do. I look at the manager role in today's baseball. It's like we talked about Buck Showalter. He is, I don't want to say a puppet, but he's the face of the team. It's not about the decision-making in-game. It's about what he's going to do with the media, how he's going to talk to the media. And I got to be honest, I don't know Carlos Mendoza enough, and I'm worried that he's going to you know, pull at Adam Gase on us in day one, and we're just going to crucify him all season long. I, I don't have patience well, for that. I know, what Kapler, I know what Kapler brings. I know what DeRosa brings. I was more comfortable with those two. Well, what's funny is that most of the guys they were looking at, we were going to have that same question. You know, even though Mark Kotze has managed before and Andy Green managed before, we don't know how they were going to handle the bright lights in New York. And I think that was the case with any manager. You could say the same thing for Craig Council. Now, Craig's going to get pressured in Chicago, obviously, where there's a lot of expectations. I, I'm i not worried that, that Mendoza is going to, like, botch the press conference. You know, I'm really not. Like, it takes a, a special kind of ineptitude to Adam Gase, the press conference, to come across that inept. The biggest challenge he's going to have is this room. Like, were there issues in this Met locker room? Were there? Are there going to be issues in this room? Will he command the respect of veterans like Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso if he's here and Starling Marte and Jeff McNeil? And I hope that because he's been in a veteran room, like the Yankee room, with guys like Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton, that he'll have experience with that. But that is going to be the most important thing. I said that before last time when we were talking about managers, that running the room is probably more important than bullpen management and more important than those day-to-day decisions. Now, speaking of day-to-day decisions, here's the reality. And I've tried to deny this reality a little bit because I thought that in some cases it isn't fully true. And I also think it's also parsing how it's done. 
And that is the overreaching power that the front office has on day-to-day decisions. I still think at the end of the day, the manager gets to make out his lineup, but I think he's got a lot of hands coming above his head, a lot of information being presented to him, and a lot of strong opinions that are coming from the front office. And clearly, David Stearns, and this is all around baseball. This is not unique to the Mets. This is everywhere. And as much as it drives us nuts, it's baseball in 2024. And you could cite the Texas Rangers all day because of Bruce Bochy. But the reality is most of baseball is that new age. The front office and the manager, they work together. And that could mean sometimes that the front office is telling the manager, or at least really trying to convince the manager that this guy should play. That guy should not play. You know, we saw it at the end of Buck that he leaks out. They were basically telling me to play Daniel Vogelback. Those kinds of things are going to continue. Maybe not in the case of Vogelback, but David Stearns and this front office is going to be very hands-on with the manager. And that's why as much as I could bring up a name like Joe Girardi, it was never going to work. You know, a part of why Brian Cashman was ready to move on from Joe Torre was because he wanted more say in that front office or or in the game day, in the kind of lineup decisions that come from a manager. And Joe Torre was never going to put up with it. And the reason I know this is because it was written about in that uh, Joe Torre book, I think, that he wrote about the hands-on approach of the front office. So I think they wanted someone that David Stearns is going to have that comfortable and really front office in general, not just David Stearns, kind of that hands-on relationship with. And as much as that drives us nuts, look, it only drives us nuts, really, when we don't like what they're doing. For example, if the front office insists last year, play Ronnie Mauricio, play Brett Beatty, play Mark Vientos, we would have loved the front office being involved. But because they were insisting things we hated, we didn't like the front office being involved. So that's going to continue with Carlos Mendoza and David Stearns. That's going to be something that continues to roll on. And a part of why Buck Showalter is gone, I think there's a few reasons why Buck is gone. One being the obvious, which is David Stearns wanted to hire his own guy. And I said this last time on the pod, it would have been nice to see Stearns say, you know what? I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to interview Buck Showalter. But even upon interviewing him, you're not hiring him. You're not bringing in some strong-willed manager who's going to tell you to go scratch if he doesn't like what you're kind of pushing towards him. So, You'll want to have a GM and manager on the same page, which is what David Stearns wants. And assuming he gets that now from Carlos Mendoza, who's the manager. Yeah, listen, I I, I, I get it. I, I get that this is the new wave, that it's important to have someone that's going to be there for the locker room. But I just don't, I don't, dude, I, I, it just confuses, confuses me that we get David Stearns and we rush to this decision. I mean, was David was was Carlos Mendoza this hot of a uh, of a of a pick by San Diego that we were afraid of losing him to? Because here's the other thing. Uh, on a side note, you talked about the, the financial factor. Doesn't sound like the Mets really gave Council a huge offer at all. From what I'm reading right now, it was basically. Uh, he was always going to take the Brewers' job. Cohen didn't want to fight, didn't want to be the one to be the bargaining chip, which is something that we're going to have to deal with the free agency again too. Is is everyone going to go to the Mets so that they can skyrocket their price? And yeah, Cohen didn't want to do that. By the way, like 
what what kind of I don't want to say bothers me, but what what Steve Cohen has to realize is, I know people don't like to be used, and you don't want the Mets just used as a way to up your salary. And Craig Council may have told his agent a month ago, "I am not going to New York. Get me the most out of Milwaukee. Ooh, Chicago's available. Get me there." Like he may have had zero intention of ever signing here, and that's fine if that's the case. But that's going to happen in free agency, like you said, Pete. And so if you're so bothered by someone using you to get the most money and you then say, well, I'm not going to offer you the most money. Well, what do you think is going to happen with Shohei Otani? Like the odds are Shohei Otani is going to use the Mets to go somewhere else. Let's just all be frank. Like, is there a chance he comes to the Mets? There's a chance. But the odds are higher that he uses the Met offer to get more from the Dodgers or more from the Angels. So you can't take it personal if you're quote-unquote being used like who cares if you're being used you're forcing another major league team to have to spend more money on a manager that god knows maybe they're not going to spend on a relief pitcher that you're also going after so i don't think there's anything that bad about being used if the mets sensed, well what go ahead well i i disagree with that because there's why? one thing that ha- well, there's one thing that hasn't changed yet with this Mets, and this is why when I say Will Pond 2.0 and everyone wants to stick daggers down, you know, at my back, it's because the aura of the Mets, the, that whole – when Steve Cohen came here, it was like things are changing. People want to come to the Mets. If you're telling me people are going to start using the Mets just to get paid somewhere else and don't actually want to come to the Mets, then nothing's changed. Well, but no, no it has changed because – the, no one could even use the Mets back in the day because the Wilpons would never go after a big money manager or a big money free agent. Like ultimately, they got Max Scherzer. And I know we all hate him now, but let's at least go back two years ago. They had to outbid everybody to get Max Scherzer, and they did. And there was a time during those negotiations where we thought, oh, I wonder if Max is using the Mets to go back to L.A. That was a legitimate thought that was out there. And guess what? They took the risk. They offered him the most money. They got him. Justin Verlander. They offered him the most money. They got him. Like the New York Yankees back in the day, we always think about the George Steinbrenner Yankees. Dude, they were used by Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox sat there at a dinner basically using them to take not even more money to go to Atlanta, less money. But he used the Yankees to get the most money possible. Being a big market team, a part of it is you're going to be used. So... If I hear that, well, you know, Mets don't like being used. Well, what do you, the hell do you think is going to happen in free agency? And, and there will be times you're used, and then there are going to be times where you get your man. And so far, over the last few years under Steve Cohen, they haven't always gotten their guy, but they've gotten guys. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's a 50-50 proposition where some guys are just using you and some guys are going to take you, that's still not bad. And that's a part of being a big market team. So I disagree with you. We had a caller uh, on the air on Monday, Evan and Tiki, which said, yeah, this is Will Pond-like. It's not Will Pond-like. I'm sorry, it's not. They went after a big guy. They didn't get him. They probably realized they didn't want to come here. And then they hired, not because of cheapness, but because of this is who I think is going to be the best manager for the team. And look, David Stearns is about to be judged. We're all going to judge him. The first action 
was to hire Carlos Mendoza. And we'll see how it works. We'll spend more time on it in the next couple of days. We'll react to Adam Adovino not exercising his player option and obviously the beginning of free agency. And we'll go through all your anti-Mendoza emails at thericob at gmail.com. But wanted to get this out there as instant a reaction as we could after the show I did today with Tiki. Uh, definitely listen to us on Tuesday, 2 o'clock. We'll be talking a lot of Jets and obviously mixing in more of this managerial decision. Appreciate you listening and downloading. An instant reaction edition, sort of, of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>